0: All right, church. Turn with me to Matthew 16, and I want you to start with me in verse 18. Matthew 16, 18. Jesus said, I say also unto you that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. Everybody say, He will build His church. church. And now, what about His church? And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I wrote a little track. It's in our hope note kiosk out there. Y'all realize that the two kiosks in the entryway are filled with hope notes for you to take free of charge. And once you get blessed by them, if you want to give them away, you can give them to other people. Um, this I, I wrote a hope note a while back entitled Why Church? I, I kind of like to entitle it like this: Why the Devil Doesn't Want Us Going to Church. Well, you know, the enemy hates the things of God. Because he he knows if we're involved with the things of God, our lives, our marriages, our families, our finances, everything about us is going to be on a higher level. And the gates of hell aren't going to be able to keep harassing us if we're a part of what the Lord says we need to be a part of. And so I, I wanted to bring this out because on your way out, you should get this. It's a really short read. You should get it and take it with you to help you follow up on what you got today in the church service. Why church? Really, something really important. One of the reasons why church is right here because I don't think anybody in their right mind would mind the gates of hell not prevailing against them. Right. right. Yeah. Anybody? How many, how many like the gates of hell prevailing against you? You know, devil locking you and binding you with these chains and these problems and these addictions and these diseases. Well, if you like the word, the gates of hell should not prevail against the church, you need to be more interested in church than just being a Lone Ranger Christian. There's something about the church that he established that protects us from the gates and the powers of hell. I know we don't want to get in a whole teaching on the devil and demons right now, but the Bible talks about such things. And if you're a part of a church, you are under an invisible shield. I call it the force field of God. Doesn't mean you can just kick back and do nothing. You need to be active and praying and believing. But if you're a part of a church, you're going to be taught some things that's going to teach you how to live above the storm. Right. We're, not, we're not dumb. We're not naive. We, we don't preach no storm, no storm. We preach living above the storm. Yeah. Right. Faith Heights Church. You can get above it. <laughs> and this scripture says one of the most important things about the local church is the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. Now here's what I want to say before we go any further. We've been talking about why are you here? I'm talking about on this planet, why were you born? Did you look out into the universe? Why are you here? Well, you need to answer that question so you get some satisfaction in your life, so you're not always thirsty for stuff, so you're, so you're not always trying to cram another person in your life or another drug in your vein or whatever. You, you need to find out why you're here or you'll always have an emptiness and a dissatisfaction on the inside of you that only knowing why you're here can fill. You and I are not accidents. You and I, no matter what your parents said, you and I, God knew you were going to be here before you were born and you're here because He told man and wife in the beginning to be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. You're here because God wanted you here. And whether anybody else likes you or wants you or not, God wanted you and He loves you and He's pleased with you. No matter how you got here, you came from Him, maybe through some people, but you came from Him. Well, for sure, through some people. Right? Unless you did come from outer space. But... You're here because he wants you here and because he loves you. But after you realize that, you start realizing I'm not just here because he wants me here. I'm also here because he wants me to be a part of something. He wants me to do something. And friend, it's royal, it's powerful, it's bright, it's amazing. All kinds of prosperity is attached to it, a bright future. You know, one of the biggest problems in the earth today is people doing only what they want to do. God's will for your life is so much greater and better than anything you could dream up in your own mind and choose to do with your own volition. God's plan for your life, the Bible says, is to prosper you, not to harm you, not to harm you, give you hope and a future. God's plan for your life is amazing. And the devil wants you thinking, just make all these decisions on your own. Just do whatever you feel like doing. That's how you get in trouble. That's how you experience unnecessary adversity. And that's how you miss out on amazing things in the next life. Even if you are a believer and go to heaven, there's amazing things that are going to come to some people in heaven and some aren't going to get some amazing things depending upon what they did in the earth. We're all in a building project, spiritually speaking. And every man, say every man, every Every man's work is going to be tried by fire. Some's going to be like gold and the fire is just going to make it more shiny. Some's going to be like hay and stubble and it's going to be gone in a puff of smoke. But that person will be saved. See, that shows you right there. There's a salvation part of life and then there's a rewards part of life. We don't get rewards just because we're saved. Let me put it this way we don't get the fullness of the rewards just because we're saved. It has to do with the works that He's called us to do in the earth realm. And a lot of that work is our work in the body of Christ, which is the church. So turn with me to another scripture Hebrews chapter 10. You can see the church from two standpoints. You can see it as a natural organization. Or you can see it the way the Word of God says it is. What is the church? What is, let's get more specific. What is the local church? Where did it come from? I told you earlier, Jesus and God established two things in the earth. Number one, the family. Number two, He established the church. He did it. Now, I'm not saying every church that's around with a sign that says church is a church commissioned of God. Man can do whatever he wants to do. Right? See, there's a lot of churches that are acceptable to the Lord. That's acceptable. Like we said last week, I don't know, it's like, somebody comes up and says, well John, you did that and it was acceptable. It's like, acceptable? Yeah, it's acceptable. What do you mean acceptable? Well, could it have been better? The Bible talks about the good, the acceptable, and the perfect will of God. There is a perfect will of God. Right? And it's above acceptable. Yeah. Are you listening? And there are some churches that are commissioned of the Lord. And there's some, then there's some churches that man decided to do and God's permitting it. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know about all the churches, but I'll tell you this. I wouldn't be here if I thought God was just permitting this church to be here. Right. Yeah. I have to have a little bit more personally for my walk with God. I got to know this is God established and this is where God wants me. If I'm going to give him my all in all, which I'm attempting to do, I got to know it's not just the church God's permitting to be here. It's a church he commissioned to be here. The Bible talks about the good, the acceptable and the perfect will of God. I like the perfect will of God. It's where the full blessing is. You don't have to even pray for God to bless the perfect will of God because it's already fully blessed. What's the problem is people doing their own thing and asking God to bless it. And he can't fully bless it if it's not something he commissioned to do. Does that make sense? So in Hebrews 10, well actually let me say this before we go there. I I have a red line here I needed to read. Red means very powerful. Red (laughs) means fasten your seatbelt. When Jesus said the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church, this is one of the reasons the devil fights people from seeing what the church really is. What their part in it really is. The devil fights this. He doesn't. You know why he fights it? Because he wants to continue to prevail over you. He don't want you prevailing against him. And he'll do everything from A to Z to get you messed up in your mind and in your feelings toward the local church God has called you to. And to be forewarned is simply to be forearmed. We're not preaching doom and gloom when we say things like that. We're just to be forewarned is to be forearmed. The church is an amazing organism. (laughs) It's the body of Christ. Made up of local churches. I think about every city there's a commissioned church of God, if not more than one. But I thought this was interesting. He didn't say the gates of hell shall not prevail against to any other organization other than the church. Well, I'm a part of this. Well, is it the church? Well, no, but it's cool. Well, he didn't say that the gates of hell wouldn't prevail against that. There's no other group that Jesus said this about other than the church. The enemy does not want you in a place where there's a pastoral prayer covering. Amen. Parts of the body that you need. And, and of course they need you. He doesn't want you where you're supposed to be. But man, I'm telling you, you get there. He can't stop you. Do you understand that? The devil's not as big and as bad as he says he is. He, can't, if, he, could have, if, he could, if he could have his way in your life, you'd be dead already. And in hell. He's not as powerful as... He's a lot of mouth. It didn't say... The serpent, when the serpent came to Eve, the serpent was the most powerful beast of the field. It said he was the most subtle. Right. Hebrews 10. And look at verse 25. This is New Testament writing it to believers. And the reason he had to is because there were some people that didn't understand this. And today there's some people that don't understand this. Do, the Bible says, can you go to the previous verse, we'll run into it here. Let us consider one another, church, he's talking to the church, let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. And one of the best ways to do it is right here. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Gosh, guys, this is so good. Do you see this here? The Lord's telling us that there is some assembly required. If you're going to live a successful Christian life, there's some, not just gathering required, there's some assembly required. Man, that's one of the reasons we have, what, 20 to 25, 30? helps teams in the church, service teams, where people can, sh- can show their love for the Lord and for God's people and get involved in these things that where you're not just gathering, you're actually hooking up, you're assembling. Every person that is a born-again Christian has a part in the body of Christ. Next week, we're going to talk a little bit more in detail about, we've got some really fun things planned for next week, more than just I am going to be sharing. We're going to have a few other people say some things. But this is leading up to something. This is leading up to us taking our valley like the Lord told us to. He told us that this valley is ours. He's given us authority over these cities here. He's, he's given us power to help them, to bring them to the Lord, to get them saved, healed, and delivered. But you know what I found out? We're not going to be able to see more people if we're not ready to handle more people. Amen. Mm-hmm. That's why we're teaching on Friday, uh, Wednesday nights excuse me, on growing up spiritually because we have got to grow out of some of these things that have been hindering our ability to help more people. We've got to grow up, church, spiritually. We've got to become reliable. We've got to become stable. We've got to become faithful if we're not. Because the responsibility of winning this valley means this building is going to be filled two, three, four times over every Sunday. But it's going to, not just going to be people gathering and coming and going. We are all going to be in our place doing our part. So when the people come in, they don't just hear good preaching. They see your part, your love, your faith, your help, your service, because they need way more than me. And we all have a part. So here it says, Forsake not the assembling. I like the word assembling because it tells us, and I know I use this analogy all the time. I used it last week. But we could have all the car parts. Let's use a Cadillac this time. To a 2019 Cadillac on this altar, laid out and spread out. Well, whoop de doo They're all gathering in the same building. whoop de doo But you assemble those parts. You put the parts where they were gifted to be, where they were carved and and molded to be, and you put that car together, now you're going somewhere. That's the same thing with the church. Gathering is great, but there's assembling that has to take place. There's a place for everybody in this church. We want two or three deep in every position. Do you understand? And there's a lot more we want to do. And like uh, uh, Timothy mentioned earlier, he read the scripture. We've all been gifted with certain gifts and talents. And we're called to minister those gifts to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. And the Bible says these are the things that we're going to be rewarded for in the next life. And there will even be some blessings in this life. Very important stuff. This is one of the reasons why you're here. Is to be a vital, active part of the body of Christ so the body of Christ can do everything it's supposed to do in this valley before it's too late. Right. We've got landscape teams. We want that team to get bigger. We've got maintenance teams. We've got housekeeping teams. We've got media teams. We've got children's youth. We've got praise and worship. We've got, all kind of, we've got prayer meeting. All kinds of service teams you can be involved with. And that's what he's talking about when he says assembling. Look at Hebrews 6. Back up to the 6th chapter of Hebrews. How many of you right now presently serve in the HELPS team at Faith Heights Church as a volunteer or a leader? Raise your hand. Raise it high. Good. Good. That's good. That's a good ratio. If you're not, don't feel bad. Feeling bad is not of the Lord. Okay? We don't want anybody to feel bad. But there are openings in the kingdom of God to serve Him and to serve His people. And I realize there might be a few things you can do and not officially be on the helps team, like pray, support financially, things like that. And that's a vital active part as well. That's, that's huge. That's a big deal. But there are service teams. Right. And it's very important to find out where you should be. And we will help you with that. So Hebrews 6, look at verse 10 and 11. For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and your labor of love, which you have showed toward his name. How? What do you mean? How did I show love toward the Lord's name? How did I work? How how how? In that you have ministered or served his people. See that there? God's not unrighteous to forget. In other words, God sees you. Right? right? He sees you being faithful when nobody else sees you being faithful in your position in the body. Right? And he is a rewarder, my friend. He is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which you have showed toward his name. How? How, how? how do we? In that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. Look at the next verse. And we desire that who? We desire what? Turn to your neighbor and say, you're an everyone. <laughs> you're an everyone. I'm an everyone. Are you an everyone? What a coincidence, man. We desire that every one of you show the same what? Now, why, church? Why, church? You need to understand something here. He's not asking you to stop the wonderful, fun things you're doing and be a part of this boring thing called the church. He's talking about brightening our lives so bright you wish you would have done this 20 years ago. He's talking about you opening up to things like we said earlier. Get under the spout where this glory is coming out. This is a part of that process. Do you realize... A lot of people's problems out there are because things aren't right in places like this. There's a connection. Psalm 92 says they that are planted in the house of the Lord will going to flourish in the courts of their God. They'll still bring forth fruit in old age and they'll be fat and flourishing. Does our part in the church have anything to do with our life outside the church? Actually, you probably, some of you probably don't believe me. Turn to that scripture, please. Psalm 92, verse 13 and 14. They that are what, church? What's, what does it mean, planted? That means you stay long enough to get some roots. <laughs> Floaters don't get these blessings. Well, I don't like what's going on in this church. I think I'll go over here. Well, I got two words for you. Grow up. It's not about flash and zing and bling. That's childish. It's about finding out where you're supposed to be, hooking up, not breaking rank, being a good soldier, enduring hardness. And you talk about rewards. Oh, my friend. Am I walking around too much? I like to freak the cameramen out. <laughs> They're like, mm. <laughs> ah. Okay, so here it says the. Those that be planted. Everybody say planted. Amen. That's more than floating. Right? right? We've got to get... We've really got to grow up. Because the Bible says, don't be any more children. Toss to and fro. It's childish. It's unre- you can't rely on children. Friend, do you realize that tough times, all those are... Are speed bumps on your road to victory. Do you realize that tough times are not things you're supposed to run away from? Tough times are things that show you where your character is. We don't go when things get tough. We grow. We're a family. Ding. Right? We're a family. We work things out. It's important. I already showed you the enemy doesn't want you in church because he wants to still prevail against you. But what happens if you are a part of the church? The gates of hell shall not prevail against us. If we're all doing our part, there's nothing the enemy can do. To us or our children or our grandchildren, we are a powerful force. We're called to preach the gospel to this entire valley and beyond. That's going to take some organization and commitment and dedication and spiritual maturity. Um, I'm just going to put a little plug for, for Wednesday night. We're talking about growing up spiritually, how there's similarities to physical growth and spiritual growth. And I was, um, I was thinking about, we, at the end of our message on Wednesday, oh, i got to close. At the end of our, you thought you guys were going to go on the platform. <laughs> you okay, might as well go, I'll keep moving. Don't watch them, though. Listen to me. Look at me over here. See? <laughs> We were at the very end of our message on Wednesday night. We talked about how you can get delivered from addictions by growing up. Right. There is such a thing as deliverance through growing up. Right. And I had remember this Bob Newhart thing I'd seen on, on a YouTube <laughs> a while back. It was so funny because he's counseling this lady. Just stop it. you know. Just stop it. That's all you do is stop it. You, know, you don't need an hour of counseling. Just stop it. Because she was saying, I think these thoughts and I think these thoughts. Well, stop it. She's expecting this long, two-hour counseling so Should I lie on the couch? No, just sit there. only take a minute. But I thought about that. So I wrote this down. And I haven't posted it or anything on social media yet because it's a little bit tough. But I, um, Do you remember exactly what it was? I said something like, um, oh, what was it? Um, yeah, I, th- I think it's uh, How to Overcome Addictions. Grow up and stop it. Can I get a high five? Is that okay? Yes. Now, now that's, that's, that's not what people want to hear, but word. you're not a tree. Trust. You can do something about your life. Right. You can move. You can make choices. Right. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, let me close with this before we sing this song. Um, would you go to one more scripture? Yeah. Go to... John, well, gosh. Go to 1 Timothy 3, and we'll close with this. 1 Timothy 3. And uh, I think it's two verses. Did I give you those two verses? 14 and 15, is that what it is? Paul said, these things I write unto you, hoping to come unto you shortly. He's talking to the church that Timothy was pastoring. Next verse. But Paul said, if I tarry long or if I'm delayed, I'm saying these things that you may know how you ought to behave yourself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of truth. Now, I want you to notice he's calling actually the church Timothy pastored the house of God. It was for those people in that location. He said, the church of the living God is the pillar and ground of truth. I was reading this and I, and I sensed the Lord say, son, where do you live? Well, I said, I live in Grand Junction. No, no, where do you specifically live? Well, I live, I live in a house. He goes, exactly, you live there. Do you ever go out of that house? Yeah, I go out of the house. But where do you live? I live in my house. He goes, where? he says, where do I live? In there. Where does God live? In me. Well, it says here, the church is his house. It says the church is his house. No wonder Psalm 20 says help comes to us from the sanctuary. Mm-hmm. Guess who's the sanctuary is his living room. Yeah. Now your body is the temple of God individually, but there's a corporate anointing you will not get on your own. You will not get it in other groups and clubs. It's only going to be found in the corporate local church. You read Paul's letters. Who did he write to? Church, church. Very seldom did he write to individual believers, if ever, unless they were involved in a church. He wrote his letter to the churches, say churches of Galatia, church of Corinth, church at Ephesus, church at Philippi, church at Colossae, church at Thessalonica, church, church. He's writing to local, everybody say local, local churches. And if you weren't in those local churches, you missed a ton of what Jesus was trying to get to you. And friends, you need to understand this. You need. And now you're getting. We're all getting this. There is a specific anointing catered specifically for. When I say anointing, power and help from God catered specifically for you in the local church. God has for you. You will not get it anywhere else. And the the thing you got to watch out for. Is this offense thing. Because here's the key. You cannot. You cannot. You cannot receive from a ministry or a minister you're offended at. This is why the enemy is trying to mess with your brain and mess with your feelings and mess with your emotions. You cannot allow offense if you're going to live a successful Christian life. Jesus said it's impossible but that offenses will come. But them coming and you taking them is two different things. They're going to come. Are you kidding me? You need to just get on guard. Offense is going to try to come to you. And you need to be grown up enough to realize this is something I cannot yield to. It feels right. It seems right. It looks right. It smells right. But I'm staying away from it. I'm staying. And sometimes you have to distance yourself from other people who are offended because it'll get on you. And that's why Paul talked about not hanging around certain people. That's an act of love. People say, well, that's, an act. that's not an act of love. They're not hanging around me anymore. Well, maybe something's on you they don't want on them. Right. And they love you too much to let you infect them. Right. Important stuff. Yeah. You cannot receive from the ministry your friend. And to get this church, the Lord says, is any sick among you in the church? Let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him. Anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. Amen. And if he's committed sins, they'll be forgiven him. God directs sick people to the church. No wonder the devil doesn't want you going. There's healing in the church. Yeah. Man, I'm telling you, but you know what? If you're offended at the leaders and they're the ones God says is going to pray for you so you could be healed, you can't receive your healing from them if you're offended at them. Yeah. And this is why the enemy attacks these relationships. He knows. I've seen it in my life, I've seen it in other people's lives. The enemy tries, it's, 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 John Brevere has a teaching called offense is the bait of Satan. We're going to make everybody in our leadership team listen to it once a year. It's a vital message. Offense is deadly stuff. And you have to be aware of it and realize, I don't want anything to do with this. Because you can't receive from a minister. Even if God's called that minister to pray for you, and even if God's called that minister to help get healing in your life, if you're offended at them, they can do all their part, and you cut them off by offense because you can't receive from a minister or a ministry you're offended at. I say nip it in the bud. If something's bothering you, pray it out. If that don't work, go talk to them. And say, now is that easy? No, but it helps you grow up. It's not easy. Paul said endure hardness as a good soldier in Christ Jesus. you got to do some things that are not comfortable at times because it's called growing up spiritually. We're not going to stay wow wow babies all our life. We do, we do the uncomfortable I know it was uncomfortable for Jesus to deal with a problem in the church. He could have just said, you know what, man, they are doing all this merchandise stuff, selling all these doves and and ripping people off and charging all this money. He could have said, you know, there's a bunch of problems in that church. I'm going to some other church. He dealt with it. It was uncomfortable for him to go in there that day. And it's going to be uncomfortable for you and me at times to do things we need to do in these relationship areas. But John 2, 17 says, Jesus, they said about the Lord, it said my love, Father, for your house burns in me like a fire. Right after you un- turn those tables over. Well, I don't know about you. That's Jesus' attitude toward the church. That's my attitude toward the church. My love for your house burns in me like a fire. We're going to deal with things we've got to deal with. Work with things we've got to work out. Because we're the church. And so all this is based on, and I'm going to get my guitar on up here, but all this is based on our relationship with the Lord and wanting to do these things. I think sometimes what we need to do is we need to just forget about our natural surroundings, fall more in love with the Lord. And then these things will be flowing like a river. We will not have to always like scrape the bottom of the barrel. We'll be overflowing with these things. So let's stand up.